0: Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs, brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kous, Corporate Marketing Manager at Buckland, and today I am speaking with our guests by phone from our Port Huron office, Terry Shanks and Kim Spar. Today we are going to be discussing the topic of temporary importation bonds. Kim Spar is our post-entry specialist and has been with Buckland since 2014. Terry Shanks is our post-entry brokerage supervisor and has been with Buckland since 2011. Collectively, they have 35 years of experience in the industry. And I just want to give a very, very warm welcome to you both, Uh, Kim and Terry. Thank you so much for joining me on the Beyond Borders podcast today. Great. Thanks for having us. And I'm so glad that we we could connect. I'm here in St. Thomas at Buckland's Corporate Head Office. And as I mentioned, uh, Terry and Kim are in our Port Huron office, just across the border. Um, And today we're going to be... Looking at, I think, a really interesting topic um, and one that you are so helpful about when we have questions about temporary importation bonds. And I know that you handle them uh, all the time for our clients. So with that said, um, let's get started and talk about this topic a bit more. So let's start with what is a temporary importation bond?
1: Um, a temporary importation bond is when goods are entered into the United States uh, temporarily um, under specific criteria, um, and then once it's been processed or whatever the, it's being brought in for, such as repair, um, then it's re exported back into Canada. And it's most commonly known as a TIB.
0: Okay. And I've definitely heard that acronym before. So that kind of helps to give us a little bit of context about what that means because, and I've heard it said different ways where it's temporary importation bond, temporary import bond, and TIB, but these all mean the same thing? Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. That helps to clarify. And, And you briefly touched on it, but when is a TIB used?
1: Uh, Normally, a tabby is used when goods are not being imported for sale. Um, They're coming into the the country temporarily for... uh, The the commonly one we've seen the most are they come in for repair. Um, They're repaired at uh, a place in the United States. Once it's been uh, repaired, then it's exported back into Canada.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And really, I mean, when you hear that explanation, it definitely fits with the description so that that makes a little sense um i also wonder you know when you're talking about them coming in and it being temporary right? uh temporary implies a framework for time how long does someone have if they've used a temporary import bond uh to bring their goods back across the border
1: they normally have one year um however they are um, they, they are offered two extensions, so oh, okay. it has to be brought back in within like three years from from the date that it was originally imported into the United States.
0: Okay, great. well, that helps. Um, and if someone is doing this type of entry, So for a temporary importation bond, is there what is the usual price that accompanies this sort of thing? Because I would imagine it fluctuates. Depending on what it is, yeah,
1: correct. Um, it's it all depends on the commodity that's being brought in, as far as the tariff classification, um, whether it's a dutiable tariff or a non-dutiable tariff. Um, so basically, what we do is we take the duty, the taxes, and any fees that are paid to customs, and that is times it's two times that value, and that's okay. how we estimate. We round it up to the nearest one hundred dollars. Um, And that's usually so if the the client doesn't return the bond in time, that is what customs uses to assess the penalty if it's not returned.
0: Gotcha. That's great. Thanks, Kim. Um, And so what are some of the rules? Because I, you know, even just about hearing how uh, a TIB is calculated for the cost of it um, you know, mm-hmm. through CBP, I'm wondering, are there any other rules that we should know about with a TIB mm-hmm. that someone should keep in mind?
1: Yes. I think one of the most important ones they need to, to uh, know is if they have to make sure that everything that's listed on the invoice is going to be returning. Um, they can, a, a lot of times people will bring in stuff for a trade show And they'll give like free advertising stuff away, like t-shirts and pens or what have you. Um, Those are things that cannot be done on a TIB. Those have to be done as a separate consumption entry. Um, So that's one of the the things that is important to make sure that everything that's on that invoice is actually going back into Canada. Great.
0: That's, um, That's very useful. And especially for me as working in marketing, of course, Buckland takes part in many trade shows. And uh, this is something that I I just learned something there. So thank you for that.
1: (laughs) And another thing too uh, that they need to keep in mind is once the entry summary has been filed, um, it's filed with customs, we will not be able to change it to a TIV, um, and the duty, any duties will have to be paid at that time. Um, it's very important that if you know you want a temporary import bond, that you need to make sure it's requested on the invoice so the processors, once they receive the documents, that they know it's going to be a temporary import bond um, and not a normal consumption entry because mm. once it's paid to customs, it cannot be changed at that time.
0: Great. Thank you for that, Kim. Um, so you've mentioned a couple examples of temporary import bonds, and I was wondering if we could kind of just go through some different um, scenarios or examples just to really give people an idea of what sorts of things um, happen under a TIB, just to, just to kind of frame that up a little bit to help people understand.
1: The ones that we see the most here um, in Port Huron is uh, coming in for repair um, mm-hmm. coming in for, um, testing, um, or trade shows. Um, we have, um, a couple of clients that bring out, um, different stuff in for trade shows all the time, but the main one we see all the time is repair. Okay.
0: And that makes sense. You would want to have things kind of coming across temporarily doing something to them and then sending them back. So that's great. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you know, I mean, this is kind of the big question here. How do you know if your goods are eligible for this type of bond?
1: Um, well, mainly it depends on what the goods are going in for. That's the main thing. Um, if, it's, if it needs to meet the criteria um, as far as it's um, going for repair, um, it's going for testing, um, it's going in for a trade show, those types of things. So we have to know first, Most is why it's coming into the United States temporarily, um, and why do we want a TIB? Um, so, like for instance, like the most common one is is for repair. So, if the client calls and says, "I want, um, I, I need, I want a temporary import bond," my first question is, "Okay, what is the reason for the temporary import bond? Why are the goods coming to the United States? What's happening with it?" And then I can make that determination from there.
0: Uh, that makes sense because I would imagine uh, sometimes people think that they need a TIB, but in fact, they don't. Right. For example. For example. Um, if you were sending things for a trade show, but they were giveaways and were actually mm-hmm. going to be distributed and wouldn't be coming back.
1: Well, another thing, too, it depends on the country they're origin, too. Um mm. Say they want to import some stuff that is from Canada or from Mexico or from the U.S. There are different provisions that maybe we could use that they wouldn't need a temporary import bond, whether they have a NAFTA certificate, a manufacturer's affidavit for U.S. goods. Or maybe the duty for that specific tariff that we're using may not – make the, the duty on it may be less than what it is to have a temporary import bond. So there's different scenarios that would, you know, that we would talk about whether they – whether a TIB is, is, you know, useful for them. But so uh-huh. sometimes if the duty amount is low, it may not be worth the time to do a TIB if, you know, it would be easier just to – pay the duty amount than it is to track a TIB for a whole year or make sure that it gets exported in time.
0: Right? Absolutely. And I think even just in hearing that description, this is the real value of having a great broker that you're working with is they're going to be able to really look at your situation? And decide what's best for you in your situation with the goods that you are, um, you know, bringing in, sending back out. So I think that that's uh, mm-hmm. some really good points there. Now, you know, we talked about this and and figuring out if it's right for you um, as, as someone who's doing this, what steps, you know, if they decide, you know, you, you talk with your broker, you decide this is the best way to go. What are the steps that happen to apply for a TIB?
1: It's really simple. All they need to do is make sure that the invoice states they're, that they're requesting a TID. They mm-hmm. need to make sure that the full 10-digit of the HTS numbers are listed on the invoice. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also need to uh, make sure they have a bill of lading or an ACE manifest. Um, and also, depending on what it's going in for, such as repair, we, we need to know... Um, why it's coming in for repair what the repair is going what's going to happen to it when it's being repaired and what is going to happen to the goods once it's exported back after it's been repaired
0: great that's excellent thank you um and you mentioned HTS codes as well there um, we do have, uh, learning resources available talking about HTS, uh, or as it's also known kind of HS classifications, if you want more information about classification. So applying that HTS code to your item. So I thought I would just, uh, mention that as well. Um, And I thought, um, Terry, we haven't heard from you much, so I thought I would ask you a question as well. Um, I'm wondering if in your experience, I'm sure that, you know, from day to day, you have come across maybe common errors or some tips that you would be able to give uh, when it comes to TIBs, because I'm sure lots of the same things come up again that you've experienced um, that we could maybe learn from.
1: Honestly, the most common error that we have with TIBs is not it on the invoice, That it's a temporary import. Oh, okay. um, when it's not notated on the invoice, we, you risk a chance of us not knowing that it's going to be a TIB and processing it as a regular consumption entry, mm-hmm. uh, paying the duties to customs, and then it's too late. You can't change it. You can't get your duty back. They'll have to pay the duty to customs. So really, the biggest thing that you need to make sure that you do is that you list the did it need the TIB of the invoice and the reason for the TIB. That's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good tip, and uh, and definitely one of those things that I'm sure could be easy to miss, but makes such a big difference. So you want to be sure that you're getting that right as you're doing that at that entry. Yeah. Those are uh, yeah. those are great tips, Kim. Do you have anything?
1: Um, another common one that we see is. Um, when it's being exported back into Canada, um, mm-hmm. the people are not receiving the stamped off 3495. Um, they're not stopping at customs to get it stamped off. Therefore, ah. um, TIBs are you know are not being um, canceled in a timely manner. Um, we have to go to um, go back to the client, ask for the B three and the Canadian invoice in order to cancel the TIB. So it's important that when the goods are being ready to be exported back into Canada, that they call us so we can prepare thirty four ninety five for the carrier. So they have something, so they have the bond to to give to Customs to stamp off on it. Um, They're given, usually they're given three copies of it. One stays at Customs, one is sent back to Bucklands, and then the other one stays with the carrier for their records. And those are the common, that's one of the, the biggest common error we see is we're not receiving those stamped off copies. So a lot of times these goods are already back into Canada and on our side, we don't know that um, until like it's time for them to expire. And then we find out that they already crossed back into Canada months ago and we've had oh. these canceled in um, at a, at a more timely manner than it is waiting for it to actually expire.
0: Okay, yeah, and so, you know, we mentioned too that time frame of how long you have. What happens if somebody goes beyond that amount of time?
1: Um, what happens if um, they receive a penalty? And what happens at okay. that time, we can mitigate it to customs. If they have proof that it's already been exported back into Canada um, mm-hmm. and they're able to provide us with the B3 or the Canadian invoice, um, we can mitigate that to customs. Um, they're still going to receive a penalty because it's late, but they sure. will receive the full penalty um, that they're issued um, if we're able to to provide them with the documents they need to support our mitigation for it.
0: Sure. Okay. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Um, and if, if someone who is listening today has a question, um, maybe about TIBs or anything else, uh, that Buckland could help with, what do you recommend they do?
1: Um, they can reach me by email at tib at buckland.com or they can e- email my personal email, um, which is kspar at Great.
0: And I would encourage anybody as well, uh, if you have any kind of general questions, don't hesitate to reach out to csagroup at buckland.com. Um, Bucklin is certainly available to help you out. And if you contact us through CSA, we can filter your message or you can get a hold of us at the TIB email address as well. Um, but, you know, if you have any questions at all about anything that you've heard today or about anything uh, that Bucklin can help you with, I do encourage you to reach out to us. Kim, Terry, thank you so much for joining me, uh, taking the time this afternoon to join me by phone and talking about temporary importation bonds. I know I learned a lot and I'm sure that our listeners did as well. So thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: And that's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our very special guest, terry and kim for joining us and for discussing temporary importation bonds if you're looking for more resources related to international trade check out buckland.com and click on the learning section across the top of the website here you'll find a range of resources including learning guides webinars and podcasts our downloadable learning guides include incoterms charts common trade terminology how to avoid border delays, and many, many more. We also host live monthly webinars and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for informative presentation followed by a live Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a newsletter every Wednesday containing our latest resources, as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered right to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's Contact Us page, through Twitter, where our handle is at Buckland Tweets, on our LinkedIn company page, or on our Instagram page at Buckland Insta. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast, and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.